0: Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK Weekly Podcast. We hope you will be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy. I want to talk to us about fasting. You know, with the 21 days of prayer and fast coming up, I feel that it's my responsibility to teach us a little bit about fasting. And uh, next week, you know, Pastor Kat will preach and she's going to teach us a little bit more about prayer. And uh, I want to start with fasting because I think that's the one thing that a lot of times we uh, have a lot of misinformation about. Uh, That's one thing that sometimes I still meet Christians and they are surprised that what Christians fast. I didn't know that. I didn't know fasting was part of what we do. And there's also a lot of misinformation about what is really fasting. And so today, I want to help us to go into fasting. And I hope that this message will encourage you. This message will inspire you. And I pray that this message will set you free. Because I want to teach us about the power of fasting as well. So if you're taking down notes, write down, why fast? Why fast? Trust me, I was tempted to come up with a funnier title. And I was thinking of say, calling it Fast and Furious. Because, you know, of course you will remember that. What do you learn in church today? Fast and furious. The more you fast, the more furious you become. No, 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 no. Uh, that's again, misinformation, okay? Um, and, uh, but why fast? Why fast? I got three points that will help us to digest the message today. And so, um, you know, point number one, and they all start with S. Why fast? Let me give it to you, straightforward. Because it is scriptural. It is scriptural. We do it because the Word of God tells us to. And a lot of things we do in church, it's not because it's fashionable. It is not because it is easy. We're not doing it because it's fun. You know, we we don't make a call out, you know, to every rock star wannabe and go like, are there drama queens in the house? You know, uh, please join, you know, the worship team. You know, uh, other people dreaming of becoming rock stars, please join the worship team so that every Sunday you have an opportunity to rock it out and live your rock star fantasy. No, no, no. We do it because it's scriptural. You know, why do we give God exuberant praise and why do we clap our hands and dance and sing and shout? Because it is scriptural. We're not doing it because it fits our style. We're not doing it because it's stylish, but it's scriptural. And I want you to know that fasting... It's scriptural. Uh, Jesus did it. Amen. And you can find this scripture. Let me throw you some scriptures. You know, Jesus fasted. Matthew chapter 4, verse 2. Jesus fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And we're only going to do 21, right? But Jesus fasted. And that's why we fast. You know, and what else? Well, Because some of us, we think that, oh, well, fasting is an Old Testament thing. You know, because before Jesus came, you know, uh, things weren't complete yet. But after Jesus, we don't need to fast anymore. Before Jesus, we needed to fast. And that's why Daniel fasted. And that's why the prophets fasted. And that's why King David fasted. It, no, 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 no. Even after Jesus, the church continued to fast. And, and I want us to know, you know, this is evident in Acts chapter 13, verse 2 to 3. Acts chapter 14, verse 23. The disciples, the apostles, continued to fast and pray before major decisions and major events. And so the first point I want to get across, the most straightforward but also important point, why do we do it? When people ask you, "Why are you doing? Oh, I'm fasting. or oh, Christians fast? Yeah, it's scriptural. I'm doing it because Jesus did it. I'm doing it because the Bible commands me to. I'm doing it because there is a pattern that before every great move of God, it needs to be preceded by a time of fasting and prayer. And I'm believing for a big move of God. Amen? And so that's the first point I want us to get into our soul. Amen? That we fast because it is commanded by the Bible. Yeah. Point number two. I know you're thinking, wow, he's past preaching really fast. For now. Let's see how I expand point number two. Point number two, fasting shows our seriousness. Fasting is scriptural and fasting shows our seriousness. Do you know that when you don't see someone eating, you automatically, on the physical, ask them, is everything okay? Right? Because if it doesn't sound right. Right? If you see... You know, someone, you know, I, I always joke with uh, Tiong, our ex-Bristol coordinator. And, uh, you know, he's he, he a man with uh, good appetite. Um, but whenever I see him and whatever he eats, he'll, he'll share on his uh, social media. And the days where I don't see him post food, you know what I do? I text him and say, brother, are you okay? Brother, do you need some prayer? You know, and some of us in church, the same thing, right? I won't mention names, but, but there are some, some people, you know, that, that love rice love rice. Can't live without rice. And then the day you see them not eat rice, you go like, sister, are you okay? Brother, are you okay? Right? You know? And all, and all the rice lovers say, amen. Okay, now know who they are. Anyways, so, just joking, just joking. You know, and because, you know, when we, when we give up food, it is serious. And the thing is this, right? Let's talk about physical. Usually, why we give up food is because something has occupied our hearts, right? And it could be positive things, right? We joke that sometimes people fall in love and all they need is no longer food. All they need, they live and breathe on that text message. They live and breathe on that, I love you. They live and breathe on that, that, you know, double tick, right? <laughs> you know, until the two ticks come up, you would be like, uh, no, here, let me buy you some food. No, I can't eat. I have no appetite. Why? Because there's only one tick. (laughs) And that's a good thing. But sometimes, bad news make us lose our appetite as well. When when we have a family member that suddenly falls ill, we lose appetite. When we have a deadline that's due the next day and we are not sure if we are prepared to meet it, we lose appetite. I know when I was a student, there are days where exam was so near, I felt guilty going to the toilet let alone eat, right? Because something else has occupied our hearts. So when we fast, we're doing the opposite. Let me repeat it again. We lose appetite because something else has occupied our hearts. But when we fast, we are intentionally reducing our appetite or controlling our appetite so that something better can occupy our hearts. Does it make sense? You know, so, so, so this is why Fasting shows our seriousness. Fasting is our way of saying that, God, I, I want more of you in my heart. I want more of you in my life. I want more of your voice, you know, to, 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 to guide me through this season. So this is what I do. I, 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 I set aside uh, the things I enjoy. I set aside food so that I can have more of you. Uh, But not only uh, is this, you know, showing our seriousness towards God, uh, I want to bring us back to what is actually biblical fasting. And how many of you have heard people say this before in years past? Oh, I'm fasting social media. I'm fasting YouTube. I'm fasting movies. Now, don't get me wrong. Such fast has its certain benefits. But I want us to be a people that progress in our journey of God. And maybe at one time, that was where you started. But don't remain there. Don't, don't, don't be, you know, your third year doing U-turn 21 days and you're still fasting YouTube, you know. Fast something on top of that. And, and why? Because the biblical definition for fast, the word fast or fasting in Hebrew is spelled T-S-O-M. Well, the phonetic is spelled T-S-O-M. It's Som. Som right? Sounds like the, the song. Somebody once told me the world is going to… Anyway, some, okay? Now, some means not eat. So, so, every time the Bible talks about fasting, it's not social media. It is not other things. It is not eating. And, and I pray that this year, if you want to get serious with God, Why don't you begin to observe a biblical type of fast unto God? If you're not happy with the Hebrew, let me give you the Greek, right? In Greek, the word fast or fasting, because you might be thinking, oh, Hebrew is a bit of Old Testament, Greek is the New Testament, great. Greek, you know, the definition for fast and fasting is nestia. I know it sounds like nesti, right? Nice, refreshing drink that no doubt some of us will be fasting. Nestia. N-E-S-T-E-I-A. And the I has a little beep. nestia. And you want to know what it means? No food. Straight. In your face. Not up for debate. Uh, pastor, can you imagine back then in the, in, the, in the first church, you know, they'd be like, uh, uh, Pastor Paul, what do you mean by fasting? No food. Oh. No food. No food. And, and, and why? Because food controls our body more than we realize. And if we really want to get serious with God, and we want to see serious breakthrough, how many of you want to see serious breakthrough in your life? You know, all of us, we need breakthrough. You know, don't ever think that, oh, I, I, I don't need to fast and pray because I'm doing okay. No, we all need breakthroughs. For some of us, it, it's as simple as you need a breakthrough idea. Because maybe you're trying to put a proposal and then the thoughts are not quite flowing. You need a breakthrough idea. Yeah. You know, maybe you're doing your final year project. You need a breakthrough idea. And you know, maybe you're choosing a topic for your research. You need a breakthrough idea for the title, for the topic. For some of us, we need a breakthrough in our finances. And, and for far too long, you know, you've been eaten by debt. And your life is, you know, one debt after another. And you go like, you know what? I, I, want, I want breakthrough in this area. I want self-control in this area. For some of us, it could be a breakthrough in the area of our health. You know, some of us, we got to say, enough is enough. You know, I don't want to live with this condition anymore. I don't want to just learn to live with my eczema, with my skin disease, especially when our God says that healing is available to us. So I want to seriously pursue healing this year. I want to seriously pursue freedom this year. Maybe some of us, we need a breakthrough from our addictions and other life-controlling issues like depression. Instead of letting the emotions rule us, you know, we got to say, God, I'm serious. This is an area I want to see seriously change. And I'm serious about it. Amen. And this is why food is important because food is linked with the flesh. You know, before man failed God and before we rebelled against God, God created us. And God created us, our flesh. God created our emotions. God created our spirit. But after that rebellion, our flesh has almost become this thing that has a mind of its own. And that's why scripture says in Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. Why don't we turn then? Let's let's read scripture for a bit. Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray, Jesus says, lest you enter into temptation. So every time you wrestle with something, a a, a thing of temptation, whether you're tempted to spend money that you're not supposed to, whether you're tempted to do something you're not supposed to, whether you're tempted to to say something you're not supposed to, everything that deals with temptation, whether you're tempted to disobey, you're, you're tempted, everything, all of that has got to do with the flesh. And Jesus explains this because the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The, the, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And that's funny, isn't it? Because even though the flesh is weak, it's still strong enough to hold us back. It's still strong enough to push us into temptation. And what we need to understand is that, you know, we are not just physical beings and that there is a spiritual dimension to our flesh. And when we fast, we are actually weakening the flesh. We are actually saying that, you know what? You know, if the Word of God, if the things of God feeds the Spirit and that's why after church or after conference or even after worship, you connect with God on a spiritual level and then after that, suddenly all fear is gone. Amen? Suddenly, you feel like one second ago, you thought it was impossible. Now suddenly, you feel like you can tackle this problem. How many of you have been there before? Whether you're studying or you're working, you feel like you're, you're just knocking your head against the wall, you feel stuck, and then suddenly one moment of prayer sets you free. One moment of worship sets you free. And so, when you connect with God and you do anything that, that grows you spiritually, it grows your spirit, but everything we do on the physical grows our flesh. And so when we fast, it is a way of weakening the flesh and putting the flesh under submission. And what we need to understand is this, that food has a deeper spiritual symbolism. Think of man's rebellion against God. What did that involve? Food. Think of Jesus' first temptation, what did that involve? Food. There's something about food and something that food represents. And so when we fast food, and I'm saying this out of love because I know some people here, you've never fasted a meal before. And I encourage you that this year, would you go deeper with God? You know, this year, you know, by all means, fast all that social media stuff because Maybe it's beneficial. It distracts you, you know. A fast coffee. Do that. You know, I do that every year. I fast coffee, but on top of that, I fast a meal. I fast meals. I fast food. Because food also represents rebellion. Food also represents temptation. And so when I'm fasting against that, I'm also spiritually, symbolically declaring to God, God, I'm saying no to rebellion. I'm saying yes to you. I'm saying no to temptation and I'm saying yes to you. So God, speak. God, do something in my life. God, move in my family's life because maybe some of us were praying for a breakthrough and it's not necessary for you but it's for your loved ones. It could be for your parents' health. It could be for your parents' marriage. And it could be for different types of healing. It could be even for healing of relationships. Maybe you're good, but the other person is angry at you and, 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 and you want to ask God for a shift in, from, from a relationship that was unloving to become a loving relationship. What do you do? You show God seriousness. And say that, God, I'm fasting food. You know? So whether it's on the spiritual or in physical, it shows our seriousness. How does it show our seriousness in physical? Well, it is more obvious in Old Testament and ancient times. Because how many know that there's no test during Jesus' time? There's no delivery during Jesus' time. Uh, there's no takeaway. When people had to eat, they had to make preparations. They had to, the rich could pay. But most of the time, if you wanted to eat something, you had to go out to hunt. You had to go out to fish. You had to go out to plant. You have to harvest. You have to process the food. You can't just walk into a shop and buy readily made bread. No, you have to grind the flour, make the flour, mix them all, make it to the oven. And so, for every one hour of eating, there's at least four to five hours of preparation. And so, in the ancient world, when God's people said we will fast, you know what they're saying? They're saying that God we're gonna give more time of our day towards prayer. Because that's how serious we are about this breakthrough. That's how serious we are about this thing that we want to see happen. That's how serious we are about this healing. Amen. And I know some of you are saying that Papa said I don't cook. Fine. But can you use the time that you would have otherwise used for eating? And some of us we eat. You know, some some of us we you you know <laughs> you eat. It's not just one meal, but it's causes. You know, it's uh, because, you know, every time I fellowship with with some of you, you know, after dinner, it's always like dessert or the Asian dessert, bubble tea. And even though there's a virus outbreak now, you'd be like even more incentive to go because there's no queue. You know, just that day, I was talking to someone and they said that now with uh, people all panicking, maybe there's no queue in some of our favourite restaurants, you know. So let's go there for some Italian. Let's go there for some bubble tea and all that. But maybe for us, on a more practical note, in this season of praying and fasting. And let me clarify. Fasting must always be accompanied by prayer. We never pray to cleanse, we never, sorry, we never fast to cleanse ourselves. We never fast to come across as self-righteous. It's not something, this this is not how our faith, God has made us righteous. God has made us clean. We fast so that we can grow deeper and grow closer and draw nearer to God. But fasting must always be accompanied by prayer. Otherwise, it's just suffering, right? So, I want us to fast and pray. And and this is what I want us to do, how to show your seriousness to God. So, if you say that, Pastor, I'm going to fast lunch. Great. Then, during that lunchtime, don't work. Some of us are thinking, I'm going to fast lunch, so I'm going to work more over lunch. No, no, no. So, that means that if you're going to fast lunch, Fast lunch. Fast everything that you would have done during lunch. And some of us, we work over lunch. We, we eat a sandwich and work on our desk. And maybe for that time, fast it. And then go out for a walk. Because you know, sometimes, you know, we got to fast in, in, in a way that honors God. The Bible says don't fast in a way that tells the whole world that you're suffering. Alright? So, so in the coming weeks, you know, if I, hey, how are you doing? Don't go like, pastor, I'm fasting. I'll be like, come on, grow up. You know, the Bible says, no, if when you fast, don't, don't let the world know, don't put on makeup, you know, put on all, put on just walk out. And so maybe for some of us, because if your colleague sees you in your desk there staring into nothingness, they're going to be like, are, are you okay? And then you'll be like, I'm fasting. Then, then you spoil your fast. There's no reward in that fast. So why don't you take a walk? Take a walk. You know, take a walk and pray while you walk. Don't just go, oh, window shopping. Pray as you walk right? And then begin to go like, God, I'm praying. You know, God, I'm praying for this breakthrough. God, I'm praying for my life. You know, if you're scared of walking outside, it's okay. Go someplace. Isolate yourself and pray and fast. But take a break. And that's why we encourage you to fast something that matters to you. Don't say, oh, pastor, I'm fasting breakfast. Do you eat breakfast? No. Then what's the point? (laughs) You know, so if you don't eat breakfast, don't fast breakfast. Oh, but Pastor, my favourite meal is, is, is dinner. And I'll leave it between you and God. <laughs> because ultimately, it's onto Him. Because it's about your breakthrough, about your prayer requests. Right? But, but always align it with prayer. And when you do that, man, it shows seriousness. It shows seriousness to God. God, I'm giving up this thing that I enjoy very much. Not to twist your elbow. Fasting doesn't twist God's elbow. Fasting allows us, because do you know why fasting changes us more? It doesn't change God, it changes us. Because what stops us from receiving that breakthrough could be our flesh. What's holding us back might not be God. It could be our flesh, our unwillingness to obey. I wrote here that fasting is about mastering the flesh so that our flesh doesn't come in the way of our breakthrough. it's time to get serious, church. Amen? But last point is this. Fasting sets us free. Fasting sets us free. How free? Let me explain to you. There's There's a statement. Now, this is not a scriptural statement. This is just a popular saying that the greatest trick the devil played was to convince the world that He doesn't exist. And, uh, you know, some of you might have heard this popular saying before. Now, it's not biblical, but there are certain truths in it. So many times we go through life not realizing that what Scripture says is true. We truly do not wrestle against just flesh and blood. There is a spiritual element there are spiritual forces, there is a spiritual warfare that is happening that, that we many times don't realize. And so many times Christians, we, we go through life uh, thinking that, oh, I can just have my nice, comfortable Christianity, I can have my nice, comfortable prayer, and, and, and our life is not as victorious as we want it to be. Our life is not as, as, as blessed as we like it to be. Why is it because we've not been serving or we've not been going or no no no? It's because there is a spiritual dimension. There are certain things that only fasting and prayer can unlock. I want us to turn to the scripture, Matthew chapter seventeen, verse twenty-one. Matthew seventeen twenty-one. Right, and this is Jesus explaining to his disciples. You can go back and read earlier Matthew 17, but basically, that was Jesus, you know, trying to, you know, uh, do ministry and, uh, you know, His disciples were trying to cast out a demon from this particular, you know, uh, person and they failed. It it couldn't succeed. And this person was saying that, Jesus, Jesus, you got to do this because your disciples are failing. Of course, Jesus did it. The person set free. And then later on, the disciples came and said, Jesus, what what happened? No, all these other times, all these other times, it worked all these other times you can see Scripture, all the other times, you know, every, and no healings happened and um, no demons were, 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 you know, kind of like banished and, and, and all that. But how come Jesus this time? And then Jesus said this, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. And sometimes we let this little Scripture just kind of like glaze over our minds, thinking, oh, it's okay. You know, let's just carry on. I have the name of Jesus, but Jesus is trying to tell us that there are things that you don't understand. There are things, because He is God, He knows. So there are spiritual things you don't understand. And, and fasting might look like it's nothing, but it is something in the kingdom of God. And, it is, it, and there are certain breakthroughs. There are certain freedom. There are certain victories that can only be unleashed when there's fasting involved. And, and, and that's why, you know, we, we need to come back to that place again. And fasting, even though we're doing it on the journey to 21 days, on the journey to, you know, uh, Easter, I want you to know that this thing is something that all of us can also do in our private life. It is something that is good to do corporately as a church, but it is also something that we should do and we can do for our private lives because the truth is this, right? That we are all living sacrifices for God. The thing about living sacrifices is this, God can put us on the altar, oh God has sacrificed for you, but because it's living, it can crawl off. And we need to understand that as long as we have breath, our spirit has been reborn, but the flesh is still there. And, and I'm sharing this not just from my you know from Scripture, and in a while I'll give us a Scripture example, uh, but I'm also sharing this from my personal life and my personal observations. Whether it's the counselling that I've given to people, I've counselled people that, you're a know, oh, pastor, I've got this addiction. I've got this addiction towards lust. I've got this drinking problem. I've got this drug habit. I've got this smoking problem. And, and, and God set me free. Whoa, hallelujah, God set you free. But, but after a while, I, I feel drawn back to that vice. So, so what's happening? They ask. What's happening? Is it my prayer not working? Is God punishing me? What's happening? How come? I, I, I thought I was free, but how come? And this is where I tell them, as long as we are here living on earth, yes, we are free, but we, are never, we should never stop being vigilant. Because the thing is this, you're free because God set you free. But if you don't attack the flesh, if you don't grow your spirit, the flesh becomes stronger. But your spirit can grow. But unless you attack the flesh, the flesh will also grow stronger. And every now and then, you'll be like, oh God, I'm set free from lust. And then suddenly you feel like the, the, the thirst to, to click on certain websites again, to watch certain things again. And and it's like this endless cycle. You go like, God set me free. And then He does. And then for a while, you're good. And then you fall back into sin. And you feel horrible about yourself. And then the next time, there's an altar call. You go out. You cry eyeballs out. And then the peace of God comes over you. And you feel better. You feel set free. And then a few days after, a few months later, you know, you fall back into temptation again. It becomes this endless cycle. Were you free? You were free. But you weren't completely free because we're still coated in the flesh. And so, we've got to check the flesh. And so, every now and then, when you feel like, man, this area, this temper that I had, how come it's coming back again? This, 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 this fleshly nature, this lust, this point, lust, how come it's coming back again? You know what? I, I, I need to grow my spirit and I need to check my flesh. You know, I know some of you are thinking, about Pastor, you know, I thought Scripture says, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. It is true. And Jesus is talking about salvation. Once saved forever, saved by the grace of God. But let's also not forget that when God delivered the people out of Egypt, were they set free? Yes. They were set free. Were they still in Egypt? No, they weren't. They were out and they were living like boss. You know, and and even though they were not paid and years of unpaid labour, Uh, But God let them out of Egypt dressed like rich people because in the final day, God told them, now go ask all your masters for, for stuff, for things, for clothes, for your children to wear. And so when they march out of Egypt, they march out like kings and queens. But after a while, you know what were they grumbling about? Isn't Egypt better? Well, Wait a second, you were set free? Yeah. Did they see miracles? Yeah. Did the Red Sea part for them? Yeah. But then after a while, what were they still grumbling for? Um, isn't Egypt better? And you can see, go back and read Exodus. There's this funny scripture, uh, uh, you find yourself and you laugh. When you're grumbling about onions. God, how come there are no onions in the desert? Isn't it better, in, at least in Egypt we had onions. The thing that makes you cry? And sometimes, oh, that's what our flesh... God set us free, but our flesh desires onions. And that's when we go to check our flesh. Flesh, have you forgotten? Flesh, have you forgotten that you've been set free? Flesh, have you forgotten that onion doesn't satisfy? And how do you, do you check your flesh on that? You fast. You fast. Amen? And so, we got to understand, just as Jesus taught us, that certain things, certain freedoms cannot be unlocked, cannot be unleashed unless fasting and prayer is involved. If that's not enough, let me give you another one. Why fasting truly sets us free? Because there are also different spiritual dimensions involved here. Daniel chapter 10, verse 1 to 14. Daniel chapter 10, verse 1 to 14. All right? Uh, in the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Bethel Shazzar. The message was true, but the appointed time was long, and he understood the message and he had understanding of the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. How, how, how many days is in three full weeks? 21. Well, wow, if this doesn't get you excited to, to fast for 21 days, I don't know what else. There's something else I'll give you later. I ate no pleasant food, no meat, no wine, came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all, till three whole weeks were fulfilled. Wow, he observed 21 days. Now on the 24th day of the first month, as I was by the side of the great river that is the Tigris, I lifted my eyes and looked, and behold, a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold from Uphaz. His body was like barrel, okay? Not, not like a barrel, not fat, but no barrel. And his face was like the appearance of lightning. Psst. His eyes were torches of fire. <sighs> his arms and his feet were burnished bronze in colour. And the sound of his words were like the multitude. Two, two, two. And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision... For the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great terror fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. So Daniel so was there, fasting, fasting, fasting for 21 days, and then suddenly, boom, huge vision. This angelic supernatural being comes across him. And, and no, but even though the other people couldn't see the vision, they saw terror and they ran away. And so, so, so fasting unleashes something, right? Uh, and, and it says there, Therefore I was alone when I saw this great vision, and no strength. Remain in me, for my vigor was turned to frailty in me, and I retained no strength. Yet I heard the sound of his words, and while I heard the sound of his words, I was deep, I was in a deep sleep on my face and my face to the ground. So he, he fainted, collapsed out of fear. Suddenly, a hand touched me, which made me tremble on my knees and on the palms of my hands. And he said to me, O Daniel, man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright, for I have now been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel. Far from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. Let's pause it for a while. Remember, okay? Remember, first day you prayed, you were heard. First day you prayed, answer came. First day, okay? First day. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision refers to many days yet to come. Let's just pause here for a while, right? Verse 13, if you're confused after re- reading verse 13, you're not the only one. What, 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 The prince of Persia stopped me from, and the kings of Persia held on to me, and then Michael, the chief princess. Now, you need to understand that some of these are Bible languages. Some of these princes represent not an earthly prince, but, but a, a spiritual title. And so, what this angelic being was telling Daniel was that, hey, when you prayed and you wanted that understanding from God, God heard you and I was sent to deliver that revelation. On the first day you prayed, on the first day you humbled yourself, you know, the the, the breakthrough was there. But there were other things happening behind the scenes. I was held back uh, by the spiritual forces around Persia. I was held back by all this warfare. I was held back. An angel was saying, the angel was held back for 21 days. So can you imagine the type of warfare that, that happens over our heads? right? And to the point where where another angel, not just any angel, the chief prince, the archangel, Michael had to be dispatched to to, to help, no, push back the army of us so that this revelation can come. So what does it tell us? Could it be that your prayers do work? But there are things happening that we have not seen or cannot comprehend or cannot imagine that are actually holding back the breakthrough. And maybe for you, it's not 21 days, it's 21 years. And maybe you're seated here and go like, man, God set me free from this addiction. God, how come this addiction is not set free yet? God, I've been crying out to you, God. And what if the Holy Spirit is saying that? No, I've hurt you. I heard you the moment you were 8 years old and you cried out to me. I hurt you then. And I've wanted to heal you then. But there are things happening in the air they are holding back that healing, holding back that deliverance. If only my people would learn to fast and pray. In 2 Chronicles, it says that if my people who call by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face and fast and pray, I will turn from heaven and I will heal their land. There is something that, that, that is truly set free when fasting is involved. And so Daniel encountered this to teach us that sometimes our delay is not by God. Our delay could be by the demonic forces that are warring for your soul. I once shared this with, with, with someone uh, who came to me in confidence and and shared, no, I, I struggle with my sexuality and I know that this doesn't please God but I don't know why I've been praying to God to deliver me from this but, but it's, it's, it's stuck within me. I don't know why, I feel, I feel confused, I feel all this. And I thank God that this, you know, this person wanted to, to be set free. Because sometimes we can know we have a problem and not want to change it. And this person said, I want to be set free. And I was, I was praying for this brother, God suddenly gave me a, a, a revelation and said, you know brother, I want you to know, in the Old Testament, sometimes the spiritual forces really go out of the way because they know what is behind that one life. So, when Moses' entire generation was was wiped out, genocide, firstborn, only Moses was… Could it be that the the spiritual forces, the the, the demonic spirits of Egypt could smell that from this generation will come great deliverance? And so, they they had to do something on the physical to wipe out something that they can smell on the spiritual. Remember what happened Jesus' time? His entire generation, firstborn, was also wiped out because Herod was threatened and ordered for every male child to be killed and yet Jesus' family fled to Egypt and they were spared because again, the spiritual, they might not know who is the Messiah, but let's just kill them all out. And I was telling this brother, and just, this wasn't me, this came from the Holy Spirit and I told this, and it, now it becomes a revelation to me. I said, that, could it be that, 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 I don't know, the enemy, whatever you call it, can smell that out of your lineage, out of your generation, will come great deliverance. And, the, and, and instead of killing, because killing an entire generation is so out of fashion nowadays, right? You know, back then, kingdoms could do it and then the other kingdoms would go like, well done, uh, let, me, let me write that down as a future idea. But, but this whole gender identity, sexual, gender thing, you know what is, it's also killing out? Generations. Because when, when, when families are formed that, that can't procreate, does that make sense? I don't need to spell out the birds and bees for you, you understand. And could it, this be just a more subtle way for the enemy to be moving? Do you see now that there's, there's a spiritual dimension about everything? You know, it's not just about, you know, marriage equality. There's a spiritual dimension. There's a certain, there's a, we don't hate the people, but, but there's a demonic, al- uh, ulterior motive behind certain moves that the people uh, championing those things don't even realize. And this is where the people of God need to go like, wait a second, there's something more. There's something more. And so I said, you know, could it be? Brother, you think that you've been praying to God, He's not set you free, but God wants to set you free fast. Brother, fast and pray. Because maybe there are things that are stopping you, spiritual things at work that are stopping you. Fast and pray and see God deliver you. And, and, And that's the same with what we're going through right now. Do you think that the virus outbreak is just a physical thing? No. It's a spiritual dimension to it. And as people of God who can smell the Spirit, who is empowered by the Holy Spirit to discern, You know, please don't be angry at your pastor and church leadership when we discern that this is a time for us to be courageous and and not give in to fear because there are other things at stake. Recently, you know, and this is a global thing. And 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 Pastor Kenneth recently in Malaysia, you know, shared this. Even back then, we were back there, he said that, you know, already certain churches were talking about to be safe, let's just close down our meetings. And Pastor Kenneth said this, we're not against closing down our meetings, but we're afraid what closing down our meetings will result in. Will we raise up a generation that will be the first to run instead of standing up by faith? And, and, and close for how long? Does it mean that the, the church and our devotion to God is dictated by current events? The last time I checked, we are meant to walk by faith and live by faith and not by sight. And as Christians, we talk a big game, don't we? You know, I'll never deny Christ. You no, know, when the end time comes, I'll never accept the mark of the beast. This is some Christian insider talk. Some of you might be confused. You know, I'll never deny Christ. You can put a gun to my head. You can put a gun to my head. You know, and we, we talk big, right? We sing big, right? You know, oh, Sammy, I will go. I know a lot of people don't sing a song, but you know. Because <laughs> even then, you're too scared to sing it. You know, it's a mission song. Sammy, I will go to the nations. To the... Anyway, you know what, what the songs, you know, what are the songs? You know, what's Oh, you know, when you sing big, it's easy to sing. Oh, my alabaster heart for your alabaster... A virus? So, Pastor, are we closing down service? I'm not against that. But, but I want you to know that, that your, your God has given church leaders discernment, and sometimes we can smell what is behind certain things. And again, you know, when the law says it's better to, 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 to have no public meetings, it's okay. Don't worry. You know, Friends House will be the first to tell me bookings cancelled. Don't worry about that. You know, we will observe and and we will be wise. But until then, why are we afraid? Until then, why are we turning over our belly? Until then, as long as Jesus is, as long as there is still day, let us work. As long as we have, look, as I'm preaching this, the sun is coming up. If it's not a sign from God, I don't know what is. (laughs) Right? As long as there's still day, as long as we can still meet, let's meet. As long as we can still pray, let's pray. And, to, and, and see God move. Because this virus, could it be that this virus is revealing to us that fear has a much more spiritual hold over our lives than we dare to admit? You don't get me wrong, you know. Pastor Cat will always tell me, you know, uh, he's very confident, say, you know, actually, you know, ministry-wise, we're, we're, we're a good matchup because uh, I'm really afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Pastor Cat will be like, you know, I'll, I'll be real, man. I'll be real, know. <laughs> I'll be real. See <laughs> so if, if you haven't think that, you know, oh, you know, no, Pastor Dave is crazy. Right? Maybe he is. Okay? But he has a very sensible wife. Okay? Alright? Pastor Dave the type that the, the plane almost crashed and didn't crash, and then he can still walk out of the, 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 the plane and didn't crash and go to preach. But but Pastor Cat will say, no, I'm a bit But then even this season, Kat was telling me, but even now. I still know that this is the time to be courageous. And, and, and sometimes we got to go like, you know what? Is it okay to be afraid? No, it's fine. It happens. Our flesh reacts. It happens. I'm not knocking down anyone. It happens. But what happens when it happens? What happens when you realize that, wow, you know, my fear is slithering around me like a serpent and choking me. I, I, do we just go like, oh, keep choking, keep choking, or do we go like, mm, God, you're showing me something. I thought I had no, I thought I was not afraid. Guess I still am. Maybe it's time to fast. Maybe it's time to fast because fasting affects the spiritual atmosphere. Fasting releases angels to fight on my behalf. Fasting, fasting, sets me free. Can I give you one last point that will excite you? Hopefully, about twenty-one days of fasting let me ask you this. Um, How long do you think a fly lives? How, How long do you think is the life cycle of a fly? Any takers? I remember reading it from textbook. Back then when they were more exact with their textbooks, they would say 21 days. But if you Google now, Google will always be safe. And they tell you a fly lives between fifteen to twenty-five days. You know what's between fifteen and twenty-five? Twenty-one. <laughs> now, now, why am I mentioning the fly? Again, spiritual, spiritual, right? Two last scriptures I give you: Matthew chapter twelve, verse twenty-four; Luke chapter eleven, verse fifteen. Both talk about the same thing. They were accusing Jesus about his miracles. Jesus was setting people free. But some of them are saying that, ah, this is, this is voodoo. This is black magic. And they're saying that the Pharisees heard and said that this fellow, wow, oh, they call my Jesus a fellow, this fellow does not cast out demons except by Beelzebub, the ruler of the demons. Beelzebub is a Hebrew word that breaks it down to two. Beel or Baal means Lord, Lord. Zabab means flies. So another, another title for the devil is the Lord of the Flies, Beelzebub. Lord of Demons, Lord of the Flies. Why flies? Because flies, you know, if there was one creature that God created to, to remind us that evil exists in the world, it's the fly. Because there's nothing good that comes out from the fly. Right? Fly represents disease. Fly represents decay. Fly represents death. Fly represents plague. Fly represents sickness. So the fly, right? So lord of the flies, the lord of death and decay and disease and sickness, the lord of demons, Beelzebub. Now I'm not here to try to teach us like, you know, say, Satan 101 or whatever, okay? <laughs> Satanism. No, no. But sometimes we, the Bible says we get innocent like dove but, but wise like serpents. So, so th- if this is allowed in the Bible, it means that there's something for us to learn there. Lord of the flies. How long does a fly live for? 21 days. Why am I saying? Sometimes there are certain eggs in us, demonic eggs, in the form of addictions, depressions, things that are there, like an egg, and it stays with us. You, 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 you think that you have an egg, then the egg becomes a, um, what's, that, what's that word, maggot. And then from a maggot, it becomes a fly. Then from a fly, it becomes an egg, and the egg becomes a maggot. It, it, cycles. Some of us, we have some unhealthy spiritual cycles. Have you met people that cannot get out of a wrong relationship? I start a relationship always with the wrong person. Relationship goes on constantly saying as pastors we get this a lot pastor i know he's not the right person for me but he's he ticks all the right boxes and we say that yeah but you know it's not no okay i know i know i know and then we say yeah but and then it doesn't work out and they cry and then we we comfort them and then two weeks later pastor meet my new boyfriend and then we can go like you exactly like the other guy not exactly but (sighs) cycles some of us we have cycles of addiction Cycles of lust. God, I want to be set free. I, 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 don't want, I want to be delivered from pornography. And then, and then you, you think you, you dealt with it, but it just becomes a, you know, another form. It just becomes a maggot. And then it becomes a fly. And then it becomes an egg. And, and while your addiction changes forms, your depression changes forms, but it's still there. And what you need to do is fast for 21 days and, 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 and starve your flesh so that even the eggs, even if they hatch, they got nothing to eat. And then they, 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 they die a natural death. And maybe some of you are thinking, wow, Pastor, if that's the case, you know, coming in. I want to fast 25 days. And, and, and go for it. A fast is a lifestyle. We're doing it as a church copy for 21 days. How do you see why 21 days? There's, there's a spiritual dimension to it. No, Daniel or, or even else as a church. And so I want us to, to, to be a church and now realize this. Now, now if you ask yourself, why fast? Why not fast? Man, I don't, I don't know whether there's eggs in me but I, I, I want to commit and just, just kind of like do a spiritual detox of my flesh and not allow the enemy an inch in my life. And, and sometimes it could be other things. You know, I'm not just talking about addictions or, or other life-control issues. It, it could be it could be all unforgiveness. I've met people who cannot forgive. I've met people who are so proud, who think that they know it all. And, and you think, that how can someone be so proud? And yet they are. And sometimes they don't even realize that, that pride comes from a spiritual place that is a, that is a spiritual edge to it. And unless they fast and pray, sometimes we've got anger problems unless we fast and pray. No amount of anger management courses can set you free. No amount of conferences can set you free. No amount of altar calls can set you free. You know, don't get me wrong. Come off for altar calls. Go for conferences. We'll pray for you and love you and all that. But understand that at the end of the day, we take personal responsibility for our growth. And we're going to check our hearts to go like, God, are there some demonic eggs in me? Now, as I'm saying this, I'm not trying to invoke some sort of spiritual panic but I'm asking us to be vigilant and not be, not be blind to what is happening. So are you praying for a breakthrough? Some of us, you're praying, right, for the salvation of your loved one. And you go like, God, how come? I've been praying for years and years and years because there are things at work. Don't just pray, fast and pray. And when you fast, fast unto God, right? Don't see fast as, as a diet. See as a fast unto God. Don't just fast and don't pray. Fast and pray. Don't break fast and and eat like you haven't eaten in days. Because that's what I used to do. In my early days, I I didn't know this. I would fast. And then the moment I break fast, I ate like I haven't eaten for three days. And and, and it was pointless. Because I didn't understand that that's not what what fasting really is. I used to have a friend who said, I'm fasting comic books. And then every day at 7pm, I see him reading comic books. I go like, I thought you are fasting comic books. Yeah, I've broken fast now. <laughs> so, so essentially, you didn't fast. You just decided that instead of reading comic books the whole day, you're going to read comic books from 7pm onwards. That's not a fast! So I pray that this year we would fast. Scripturally, fast. If you never fast food before, I encourage you, why not? But Pastor, you don't understand. My, my tummy ache. Owie. And times like this, you're going to think to yourself, seriously, which is more painful for you to continue in that addiction or for you to have just a little bit of awe? You're, you're praying for your friend's salvation, which is more painful, a Christless eternity or a little bit of awi? And, and, and trust me in this, I've seen so many people who say that I've got gastric problems, I can't, I can't, I can't. And then the moment they fast, miracles happen. And they say they realize that, oh, I, I, I usually if I if I usually usually if I skip a meal, uh, my stomach hurts. But now that I fast and pray, I'm healthy. Because that's spiritual. And what isn't it amazing that, that we get to fast and pray starting from next Saturday? If you want to start earlier, by, by, by all means go ahead and do it unto God. But starting from next Saturday, 21 days leading up and culminating in Easter where they celebrate that Jesus said it was done. Your past, done. Unforgiveness, done. Now, new life, done. New beginning, done. Salvation, done. So I urge us, amen, as a church to take it spiritually. And one last thing, I promise this is one last thing. I thought I'll preach shorter today, but one last thing. Why don't you, even if you feel like, Pastor, my life is doing great. I'm earning a five-figure salary. No, my girlfriend loves me. My boyfriend wants to propose. I will just put out the down payment for the house. You know, I'm getting job offers, hunted like nobody's business. This week, I'm having meals with Mark Zuckerberg. Then why do you fast and pray for the nation? As Christians, are we asked, didn't Jesus ask us to live more, than just for ourselves? Don't you think this is a crucial time for this nation? What if, like I told you, what if God is setting us up, setting our church up for a bigger miracle breakthrough than we realize? Why 21 days now when the nation needs it the most? Forget the nation, the world needs it the most. Let's pray. Lord, I pray, Lord, with this teaching that you help it not Just be words. And Lord, help us to apply. God, we commit every prayer request, every thing, every breakthrough we need, every healing we need, every deliverance we need, everything we need in our lives right now, we commit it to you. And Lord, we say, Lord, help us in the coming days to seek you for a fast. And Lord help us, Lord, this year to progress. And maybe in the years past we fasted certain things like social media and internet, but Lord help us this year to go deeper. Those things have benefit, but Lord, help us not to forsake this very powerful Christian tradition that even you, Lord Jesus, you lifted out. It must mean that we need it too. So God help us to do as you did, and and take fasting seriously. And Lord, as we fast, Lord, may it, unlock true freedom, permanent freedom in the lives of our family and in our own lives. And Lord, let fasting be an ongoing thing in our lives. Not just a once a year, but Lord, help us to be discerning when we sense that the flesh is, is, is gaining a little bit more ground than it used to be and so Lord, help us to then know when to check ourselves with fasting. And Lord, also help us, Lord, through fasting, Lord, help us to discern the things that have more control over our lives than we realise. Maybe food has more control over your life than you realise. Maybe money has more control over your life. Maybe fear has more control over your life. And and maybe different things. Maybe your job has more control over your life than you realise. And maybe you need to learn to fast so that you can be broken free from all of those things that do not help you in your pursuit of God. God, we pray that this will help us